so that we will be healed so that we will receive justification so that we will move from condemnation into justification so that we will move from disgrace unto glory so that we will move from pain unto pleasure and joy Lord you did not have to do it but you did it for the love wherewith you loved us you loved us nobody could pay we couldn't pay yet Lord you did it for us yet Lord you did it for us if there is anything that Lord we want to say tonight is that we are very grateful we are very grateful and we are very grateful somebody begin to celebrate the goodness of the Lord begin to appreciate God
to Jesus. Somebody celebrate the goodness of the Lord. Wow. We have been qualified by the grace of God. Praise the name of Jesus. We were on the highway to death. We were on the highway to death. Eternal condemnation. And for the love wherewith he loved us. Now the Lord gave us laws. Do this. Do that. Do that. Because we had stepped out of what the Lord told us in Genesis. Because we stepped out of what the Lord told us. Now the Lord put in place laws and measures for us to be guided and guarded. Nobody could do it. Nobody could live it. So Bible said that all we like sheep were heading for the slaughter. That, you know, if you have been to the slaughterhouse before, you understand what I'm talking about. Now, they are on a conveyor belt, you see, and there are, there are borders on the left and on the right. Now, when the animals are taken to the slaughter, they, they, it is a journey of no return. Now, so they put them like this, so you just enter. You don't know where you are even going, and then you are on, and then you are just going. So all you see is that the first animal in front of you is gone. The second one is gone. You don't know what happened to them. That was where we were. We were on a conveyor belt. We couldn't move to the right. We couldn't move to the left. The laws that the Lord gave us, none of them could help us because we couldn't do them. So we were just on that narrow, you know, that conveyor belt. And then, just when we were about to be, you know, sacrificed or we were about to pay, then somebody came. And then there is this thing called emergency stop. And then he pressed the emergency stop button. And then all of a sudden, the conveyor stopped for a brief moment. And when the conveyor stopped for a brief moment, he said, all that they are supposed to pay for, I have paid for it. And then, and then, and then those that were at the other end expecting that we will pay for it, they said, where is the receipt of payment? And then he lifted up the cross. He lifted up the cross. The cross became the evidence of payment. The cross became... Today I was thinking about it. Today I was thinking about it. And then the Lord told me something very interesting. Because as I was thinking about it, I was asking God questions. And I said, Lord, but sometimes people can die also for other people. Somebody can see because I've heard it on a number of occasions, somebody can say that I love you too much, I want to die for you so that you will live, so I'll give you my organ and then you will live. What about that? And then the Lord told me the difference between everybody dying for somebody and Jesus dying for all of us is that everybody's blood is stained by sin and a sinful blood cannot save another sinful blood. That is why Bible said that he was tempted in all ways but he sinned not. What made Jesus qualify to save us is because his blood, when we weigh the blood of Jesus and you and I, our blood, the blood of Jesus is weightier. The reason being that it is sinless. It has no deformity. It has no blemish in it. So when we put that blemishless blood in your blood, immediately it dissolves every sin in your blood. And it makes us qualify. Can you lift up your hand and say thank you Lord. For the sinless blood. That qualified me. Hallelujah. 
That is why an encounter with the blood will all of a sudden delete, obliterate, chisel out, cleanse perpetually, permanently. It will bleach out every sin. It will bleach it out. And in the name of Jesus, in case the devil is still lying to you, buffeting your mind with the thoughts of yesterday, the thoughts of yesteryears, and time immemorial of things that are gone, I came with a report. In the book of Romans chapter 8 and verse number 1, Bible says that there is therefore now no condemnation to them that are in Christ Jesus. Every condemnation from the pit of hell is erased and it is deleted and it is chiseled out, obliterated and cleansed in the name of Jesus Christ. Say there is no condemnation because he died for me. Hallelujah. Isn't it not powerful? That is why, brothers and sisters, it is so very important we understand this thing called grace, you see? And that is why the whole of this month, because if you do not understand the concept of grace, you do not understand your work with the Lord. Everything about you, the foundation of our work with the Lord is grace. The foundation, without grace, there is no work with the Lord. The foundation of our work with the Lord. That is why if there is anything that you must understand, you must understand every aspect, every dimension of grace. Don't just listen to one side or take one part that you know. You must divulge it. You must devour it. Eat this part of it. Eat that part of it. Eat that part of it. If you want to really attest to the fact that a certain restaurant is very good, you must have tasted almost of all the food there. Because if you taste only one food and you say this restaurant is good and somebody doesn't like the food you tasted. One day somebody took me to a restaurant like that. I don't know what he had tasted over there. Probably the person had eaten spaghetti or something. But I didn't like that food. So the person took me there. And I'll mention the name of the restaurant because I don't want to cause chaos and anarchy and trouble. Hallelujah. And I went there and then I ordered what I would have loved to eat. I, I regret it. I mean, the way the person hyped the restaurant, I was like, wow, I can't wait. And I was hungry. Somebody offered me food. I said, I won't eat because I am going somewhere. And I got there, not knowing the person had only eaten one-sided food. So later on, I asked the person, ah, but this food, he said, oh, that one, I have never tried it. I said, you shouldn't have brought me here. <laughs> Praise the name of Jesus. If you do not, you see, in order to appreciate something very well, you must have known almost everything. Everything, everything about that thing. Hallelujah. That is why I can say that I know Connor. But Connor's wife knows him more than I know him. Because she has explored everything. I may know Connor in church or through conversation. Do you understand what I'm talking about? Yes. So if you really want to understand and appreciate the power of this thing called the foundation of our work with the Lord. You must be able to get all the size all the size you get to know that you, you get to know the meaning of it you get to know that the effect of it you get to know what it does you get to know that the, um, um uh, what i preached last week sunday the misconceptions of it and then today we talk about the cost of grace because grace is very costly and very pricey you see it is free but it is very costly and you see, brothers and sisters, the reason why I believe I'm talking, the Lord will have me talk about this is because anything that you don't know is value. Chances are that you abuse it. 
Now, I always give this example. You can have your latest iPhone 13 Pro Max and then give it to a little baby. That little baby to that little baby, it is one of Cuckoo Melon toys. You know? And then by the time you, you'll be playing um, um, LPG Mama, you'll be playing, you give your powerful mobile phone to Michael and then you are busy working and then you are singing or you are playing maybe one of Cuckoo Melon's songs. Uh, one of their songs, he said that something, something. And then uh, you see a fish swimming in water. Baby shark, do, 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 do. Yeah, Papa Shark, do, 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 do. And you are playing it. And the child is watching. And they are putting this baby shark in water. And there is a water. By the time you come, your, your, phone, your iPhone 13 Pro Max is a baby shark in the water. Because as far as the child is concerned, it is one of those. It doesn't know the value of it. You see, so when we do not understand the cost of something, chances are that we abuse it. Sometimes somebody can give you a very powerful something. And then you'll be misusing it. And then the person, or... As you are misusing it, then you go to a shop. Somebody gives you a powerful watch, but you just see it gives you time. You don't know what it is. And then one day you find yourself in a certain shop. And then all of a sudden you see the same watch in, in the uh, display box. And you see $12,000. You say, hey! And I've been wearing this in every... No, 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 no. no. All of a sudden, your approach to that thing changes. Is that right? Yeah. All of a sudden, your approach, the way you see the thing. Now, you begin to even beat yourself for wasting it. I've been wasting this thing without knowing. Because you didn't know the value, the cost of it. Many people don't know the cost of grace. This thing called grace. Because grace came to us freely. But we don't know that it is very costly. Something that guarantees our relationship with the Lord. You understand what I'm talking about? It listen, the, the, the most important thing in, in every building, every structure is the foundation. Okay, if the foundation is not there, whatever you raise is just a matter of time, it will all come down. Praise the name of Jesus. The foundation of our everybody's work with the Lord is grace. Is grace. Praise the name of Jesus. Without grace, there is no work with the Lord. It is grace. That connected us. It is grace that forgave us. Grace that connected us. Grace that supplements our energy. And grace that keeps us connected to the source. Without grace. Without, that is why brothers and sisters. It will be very suicidal. And very very painful. If people reject this grace. This gift called grace. You see. This gift called grace. Praise the blessed and mighty name of Jesus. It is our very root. And. Of course, you know, in, in, in the book of Psalm 11 and verse number 3, Bible said that if the foundation is destroyed, what shall the righteous do? So if this understanding of grace, we do not know, we just know that grace forgave us our sins. Grace connected us to the Lord. But we don't know the value of it. We will be wasting it. Because on Sunday, I told you that you can waste grace. You can fail from grace. You can fall from grace. What again can you do from grace? From Sunday, help me. You can fail. You can fall. You can what? You can waste it. You can frustrate it. You can dilute it. You can lute it. L-E-W-D. You dilute it. So now the potency is not as effective as it must be.
Praise the name of Jesus. And it all stems from the fact that the foundation is destroyed because we do not understand what the cost of grace is. When you look at Jesus hanging on the cross, and today I'll be talking a little about that, and then you understand it, you will know the value, the cost of grace. If you go to somebody's house, and then the person can have many vessels, right? But sometimes, depending on the visitor, are, are you listening to me? Sometimes, depending on the visitor coming, you say, ah, I'm going to use this powerful um, way, this powerful way that I've never used before. And then you bring it out, and then you polish it, and then you put it down. So when the person comes, you use it to serve the person. When the person goes, you return it. You see, it is a special gadget for a special occasion. Why do you do that? Because the value corresponds to who is coming around. In the same way, if you understand the value of grace, you even know how worthy you are. The reason why sometimes people feel, I, 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 you know, I, I don't deserve certain things. Because we don't even know the value, the cost, the cost of grace. Praise the name of Jesus. And so I'm talking about the cost of grace. And you see, ladies and gentlemen, the other reason why the Lord will have me talk about the cost of grace is because of two powerful things that are about to happen. Now, somebody say the judgment. How many of you believe that there will be judgment one day? Either we die to go and face judgment or Jesus comes for us to face judgment. Do you understand it? Now, listen to me very well. Judgment is based on grace. You see, we will be the, thank you Holy Spirit. The measuring yard of judgment is grace. And I'll explain it. You can write it, but I'll explain it. Now, what do I mean by the measuring yard of judgment is grace? There will be two judgments, okay? Now, we have the great white throne judgment. I need you to write it down. Now, the great white throne judgment, according to 1 Corinthians chapter 6 and verse number 1, when Paul was talking about the fact that we will judge all things. Okay, 1 Corinthians chapter 6 and verse number 1. He said, there any of you having a matter against another, go to, go to law before the unjust and not before the saints. Now, go continue reading. Look at, do you not know? That the saints shall judge the world. Now, this word judge the world. And if the world shall be judged by you, are you unworthy to judge the smallest matters between you and your brother? Now, this word judge comes from the Greek word criterion. K-R-I-T-E-R-I-O-N. Criterion. And the word criterion is like condemnation. Okay? Now, and he was referring to the great white throne judgment. Now, the first judgment that will happen is called the great white throne judgment. Remember, I've told you that judgment, the two judgments will be based on grace. Now, everybody that has come into this world will go or will have to go through these two. Now, the great white throne judgment has to do with, listen very well, don't miss it, crap. It has to do with whether or not you received the gift of the fullness of grace. Listen very well. Now, 
What is the gift of the fullness of grace? It is the gift of Jesus Christ. Because when you read the book of John chapter 1 and verse number 14 to 17, verse 14 and verse 17, it talks about Jesus being full of grace and of the truth. Okay? Now, so the white throne judgment is a judgment of whether or not you received this greatest gift that God ever gave to mankind to pay for his sins. So if you did receive Jesus, now the great white throne judgment, you have escaped it. And that is why the Bible says that we have escaped death into life. Do you understand it? So when the believer, anyone that is called a believer has escaped, you have escaped the great white throne judgment. Look at Matthew chapter 25. It's very important we understand this. From verse number 31 to 34. Now, this is what will happen regarding the white throne judgment. He said, when the son of man shall come in his glory and all the holy angels with him, then shall he sit upon the throne of his glory. Now, the great white throne judgment is also called the judgment of God. But it will be executed by Jesus. Now, Bible says in the next verse, verse number 32. He said, yeah, verse number 32. And before him shall be gathered all nations, and he shall separate them one from another. You see, the first judgment is a separation as a sheep divided his sheep from his goats. Verse number 33 and 34. And he shall set the sheep on his right hand, but the goats on his left. And verse number 34. Then shall the king say unto them on his right, Come ye blessed of my father, inherit the kingdom prepared for you from the foundation of the world. Now, when you believe in Jesus as your Lord and personal savior, what you have done is that, like I said, the first judgment, which is the great white throne judgment, the criterion judgment, it will be based on whether this is the gift that can pay for your sin. Did you receive it? Yes, stand on my right. Did you receive it? No. Then you bear your own sin. Do you understand it? So, a believer, your, once you receive that fullness of grace, which is packaged in Jesus, because it is only by grace that we can qualify through the white throne judgment. Do you understand it? Are we on the same page? So now you believe in Jesus. You have received Jesus as your Lord and personal Savior. Irama, all of a sudden, you have crossed. Bible says you have crossed from death into life. Why? Because what was going to limit you has been paid for by what you received. That is why salvation is free, but people will still go to hell. Now, let me explain something. Why will God condemn human beings that he has created. Okay, the question is, if God is God, you are so good, why would, if you know you want to destroy somebody, why must you create him before you destroy him? Is it not a, a very meaningful question? Why must you create some? Listen, God did not create human beings to destroy human beings. Please listen very well. The reason why people must receive Jesus and the reason why we must be passionate about this thing, God did not create man or human beings to destroy human beings. Listen very well. Now, Satan's judgment has already been given. And he knows where he is going. And he knows that there is something that cannot exist in the presence of God. And it is called sin. Are you listening to me very well? Sin 
cannot exist in the presence of God. And so, when God is judging the, 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 the final judgment where Satan and hell will be cast together with sin, will be cast into the lake of fire. Now listen very well. The Lord will have to destroy Satan, will have to destroy sin, and will have to destroy death. Listen. Now, when somebody is stained with sin, it is like mixing sugar and salt. You can't see the difference. If we mix sugar and salt right now, uh, destiny, you won't see the difference. So the best way to get rid of it is to throw everything away. Do you understand? So the reason why people or human, some human beings will be destroyed with Satan is because they are stained with sin. Your works cannot cleanse the stain. Do you understand it? It's like some dress that has been stained. Normal soap can cleanse it. You need bleach. Now, so when you receive Jesus, his blood becomes the bleach that separates you and I from the stain of sin. So when we don't receive him and the Lord is destroyed, in order for the Lord to destroy sin, because in the new heavens and in the new Jerusalem, there will not be sin. So in order for the Lord to destroy sin, anything that is mixed up with sin got to be destroyed. And that is why some people will go to hell. And that is why it is important that we drum this message down. That listen, good works cannot save anybody. Good works cannot save anybody. Because the payment has to be paid. And the only thing that can save is the blood of Jesus. Because it is full of grace and full of truth. And why is it full of grace and full of truth? Because it was sinless. Do you understand it? So now, on the great white throne judgment, it will be a separation of those who received the fullness of grace from those who did not receive the fullness of grace. And then, from the great white throne judgment, we go to the judgment seat of Christ, which is called the Bema judgment, B-E-M-A. Now, what is the Bema judgment? The Bema judgment comes from the Greek word. I mean, it is, the, it is a Greek word which talks about reward, dignity, honor, appraisal, uplift. It is the judgment of reward. Now, so this second judgment is also based on grace, the fullness of grace. Remember, the first one is based on the fullness of grace as to whether or not you received it. Now, the second, which is the judgment seat of Christ, is based on what you did with the grace you received. And that is the believer's judgment. Do you understand it? Can we read some scriptures? Go with me. Go with me to the book of John chapter 5 and verse number 24. Now talking about the first judgment. Look at this scripture in the judgment, the great white throne judgment. He said, verily, verily, I say unto you, he that heareth my word and believeth on him that sent me has everlasting life and shall not come into condemnation but is passed from death unto life. Because when we receive that fullness of grace, 
as a gift, it separated us from who we were supposed to be and where we were supposed to end and has given us a different reroute and a different destination. Now, the second one, the second one is the bima or the reward. Now, look at 2 Corinthians chapter 5 and verse number 10. It talks about the fact that we must all appear before the judgment. For we must all appear before the judgment seat of Christ. He was talking about this judgment in the Greek. When you check the Greek translation, you see Bima. It talks about reward. Now, that was when they came out with this reward. When sports people, now when sports people have a sporting activity, then they will put this mount there. Then the first person will stand on the elevated point. The second one here on his right. The third one on his left. Now, the word Bima means to be elevated and honored. Do you understand? So, you read a scripture in Revelation chapter 14 and verse number 13. And he was talking about the dead in Christ. And he said, look at Revelation. And I heard a voice from heaven saying unto me, Right, blessed are the dead which die in the Lord from henceforth. Yea, saith the Spirit that they may rest from their labors. And somebody said their works. So he's talking about what you did with the grace that was given to you. Because the grace that was given to you, we must labor with it. First Corinthians chapter 15, verse 9 and 10. Paul says something very beautiful. We must labor with the grace that we receive. Your laboring is a product of whether you know, it, it, it's a product of how valuable or how costly you know the grace is. Charles, do you understand it? Is it a complex message? Not at all. Amen. <laughs> How much you labor with the grace in you and in me. Everybody's labor is determined by how we value the grace. So we may have the same grace, but the way you use it will be different from the way I use it. Because maybe my value system of it will be greater than yours. And here, he said that if in this life, we have, no, I didn't, I said verse 9. Look at verse 9 and 10. First, now look at that. For I am the least of the apostles, that I am not even me to be called an apostle, because I persecuted the church of God. But look at verse number 10. And he said that, but by the grace of God, I am what I am. And his grace which was bestowed upon me was not in vain, but I labored more abundantly. So grace is for us to labor in the vineyard. But your laboring and my laboring will be different based on the value system we know, the cost we know of grace. Praise the name of Jesus. Now we're on the same platform. Okay, so now, going back to the second judgment, which is the Bema judgment, in the book of Revelation chapter 22, and verse number 12, look at Revelation 22 and verse number 12, and he said very amazingly, he said, and behold, I come quickly, and my reward, somebody say my reward, so there will be rewards, but not for everybody, for the believer, and it is based on what you did with grace, he said, and my reward is with me, to give every man according as his work shall be. So let us look at the reward. Now let's go to 1 Corinthians chapter 3 and read 
9 to 15. This is what we did with the fullness of grace. When we come into the Bema judgment, it is a question, it is not a question of whether you, you, you believed or you didn't believe because you are past there. By believing, you escaped the first one. And now you have come to the place of reward. It is just like people who sports people. Sometimes, you know, when they are running heat, and I'm happy that we have a lot of international sports people here. When they are running, before they do the final, they will run heat. How do you understand it? And in the heat, <laughs> in the heat, first heat, then they will select maybe first two. Or depending on your time, right? I'm a little coach here. Hallelujah. Because I've been learning. Now, then the second heat, then the third heat. Sometimes, even in one heat, they can pick three people. Whereas in another heat, they can just pick one person. Because of the timing, right? Uh-huh, I told you. Now, so, they, so, so before they get to the final, so like equating what I'm talking about to athletics or to sporting activities. Now, when all of them are running, that is for the great white throne judgment. Now, when they now separate those that have qualified from those that have been disqualified, then the qualified will now come to the Bimah judgment. Where now it is about rewards. Gold, silver, bronze, brass, wood, clay, <laughs> hay, stubble. Now, so let us read this powerful scripture. Please, are you with me? Don't miss today's teaching. Listen to it over and over. He said, for we are laborers together with God. Do you see that? You are God's husbandry. You are God's building. Verse number 10. We are reading to 15. According, look at that. So look at what grace is supposed to do. According to the grace of God, which is given unto me as a wise master builder. I have laid the foundation and another is building upon it. He said that, and, and, but let, and another is building upon it. But let every man take heed how he built upon it. Did you see that? Now let's keep going. For other foundation can no man lay. That is laid, which is Christ Jesus. The next verse. Now, <laughs> this is how people are using grace. Gladys, he said that now if any man build this foundation, build upon this foundation. So, some people are using the grace by reason of the value they know, the cost of it, to build gold upon the foundation. Others are building silver. Others are building with precious stones. So the value they have given to the grace is precious stones. So that is how much they use it. Others see the grace as wood. Somebody say mercy. <laughs> the same grace. Somebody is seeing it as gold. And so producing gold. Somebody is seeing it as silver. Producing silver words. Somebody is seeing it as precious stones. Producing precious stone words. Somebody is seeing it as wood. Say, Lord, have mercy. Even that one is better, Elder. Because sometimes some wooden artifacts are beautiful. But look at the next one. Somebody say, hey. And I believe we all know hey. See those round, round things that, those round grasses. If you are here, you understand hay more. Yeah, those brown, uh, round, round grasses that they wrap. And then they used to feed 
the cattle, and then all those animals. It's called hay. Amen. Even that one is better. And then we have stubble. Somebody say stubble. What is stubble? Stubble is when we are in the fall. And then you see the leaves fall down. And then the wind will be blowing. And then sometimes you open your door and in front of your door, plenty leaves, dry leaves. Do you see all those ones? If you are in this church, you must, be, you must know it. Because all the trees here, during fall, we have to always keep blowing. Sometimes we finish blowing. By the time we come back for service, the whole place is full. Somebody say, hey, stubble. So, the Lord is saying that when we appear, people's things that they did with their grace will be equated to gold. Some will be equated to silver. Some will be equated to precious stones. Some will be equated to wood. Some will be equated to hay. Some will be equated to stubble. Now, look at how the reward system is going to be. Verse 13. Every man's work. Uh, Say it with me. Say, including my work. So whatever we do with this grace, it is work. Whatever we do. Sometimes people think that grace, oh, because of grace, there is nothing to do. Jesus, listen, Paul said that, and the things that accompany salvation. Grace must let you labor more. Paul said, but by the grace, I labored more than they all. Hallelujah. Now, every man's work. You see, this is why you must not give up. Because sometimes, if you think that your work is only or must only be rewarded here on earth, you will be distracted. You will give up. But ladies and gentlemen, look at that. He said on that day, every man's work shall be made manifest. To be made manifest means it will have to go through a pressure. A pressure. And then, for the day shall declare it because it shall be revealed by fire. (laughs) And the fire shall try every man's work of whatever sort it is. So whatever you did with grace, on the Bima judgment, it shall be tried. And you see, I have a message the Lord was telling me this afternoon called the rewards of grace. And it is what will be delivered on the Bima judgment. And there are five rewards. Now, every man's work shall be made manifest. He said that. And the fire shall try every man's work of what sort it is. Now, verse number 14 and 15, quickly. If any man's work abide. So, if your work is gold and it is passed through the fire, it becomes beautiful. So, people will be shining. People whose work were like gold, they will be shining. Silver passes through the fire, it's beautiful. It will be shining. It will not be as gold, but it will also be shining. Now, the, 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 Brass will also shine. But if it is wood, maybe some portion will burn. Because if you pass wood through fire, depending on how long it stays there, sometimes by the time it comes, a very beautiful artifact will be a caricature. Hallelujah. Because some portions have been burned. As for hay, we won't talk about it. Even before we bring it near the fire, it is already gone. For stubble, Hallelujah. He said, if any man's work, which he has built thereupon, he shall receive a reward. And finally, in verse number 15, if any man's work shall be burned, he shall suffer loss, but he himself shall be saved, yes, so as by fire. So here, he was talking about the fact that when our works come in heaven, brothers and sisters, whereas some people will be carrying crowns, some people will be crownless. 
That is what the Bible says. And you see, this is not something that is minial or something that is, no, no. It is something, it is something. Do you know that there are some places when you live in certain places, there are certain things that can never come there. Yeah. When you live in certain places, there are certain things and certain people, they will never step for there. They are even afraid of their lives. Ladies and gentlemen, when we appear before the Lord in heaven, there will be categories though. I'm telling you, there will be categories. There will be categories. That is why we are always admonished. Keep pushing. Keep pushing. Keep pushing. Don't give up. Keep pushing. Keep pressing. Keep working. Keep doing what the Lord wants you to do. Because it is in that that we place reward system upon ourselves. Now, so I wrote something here and then I said that when you know the cost of grace, it helps you to value it and it helps you to labor with it more. Knowing that there is a reward for it. So now quickly, let me talk about the cost of grace. And I'll be talking from three perspectives. Grace is free, but it is not cheap. It is what defied us or it is what took us out of judgment. So it is not cheap. Now, can you imagine that brothers and sisters, one hot afternoon, please listen to me very well. God loved everybody that he had created. And God loved Jesus, his son, his only begotten son. And one hot afternoon, Bible says that when Jesus agreed to go on the cross, they put the sins of the whole world, the sins of the whole humanity upon him. And remember, God hates sin. So when they put the whole sin of humanity upon Jesus, Bible said that the Lord turned his face from Jesus. And Jesus was on the cross. Now, when you read the account from the book of Matthew chapter 27, when you start from verse number 40 thereabout, eh, and then you read the account, you realize that Jesus was brought to Calvary or Golgotha around 9 a.m. Now, from 9 a.m. all the way to 12 p.m., they put him on the cross. And they were ridiculing him. Three solid hours. Now brothers and sisters, from 12 p.m. all the way to 3 p.m. Bible says that Jesus was hanging on the cross. Bleeding. In pain. People were making mockery of him. People were ridiculing him. People were laughing at him. People that, could, people that he had even provided for. And people that he had saved. People that he had healed. People that he had done so much for. All of a sudden were ridiculing him. And Bible says for three solid hours, the whole earth was full of darkness. Now, do you know why it was full of darkness? Remember when Jesus was born, Bible said that a light shined. And then the wise men saw it. There was glory that had come upon the earth. Now, when Jesus died, the whole light went off. Everything went dark because the sins of humanity had been put upon this precious commodity from heaven. Heaven could not witness it. Heaven could not watch it. Jesus was bearing our sins. He was bearing our sicknesses. He was bearing our shame. He was bearing our pain. He was bearing everything that we were supposed to suffer. Until the point where he said, in Matthew chapter 27 and verse number 47, he said, my God, my God, 
Why? In fact, for, from verse number 46. Give me verse number 46. Look at that. And about the ninth hour, Jesus cried with a loud voice, saying, Eli, Eli, lama shabaktani. That is to say, my God, my God, why have you forsaken me? The Lord forsook him because he was carrying the sins of the world. He was carrying what disqualified us. So at that moment, he was disqualified in the eyes of the Lord. At that moment, he was carrying the sicknesses and the diseases of you and I. So at that moment, he was disqualified from being looked upon by the Lord. He was carrying our shame. He was carrying our disgrace. He was discarrying our dishonor. He was discarrying our disfavor. And the Lord could not look upon him until Bible says that the Lord now allowed him. Can you imagine? It's like a child with the parent, with the father. And then the child gets to a place. And then there is the put of the light. Let's say in... Um, a haunted place or a, a very scary place and then all of a sudden the child is left alone and then the child starts screaming and then trying to find help trying to find help but not finding the hand of the dad but not finding the hand of the parent but not finding a helping hand Jesus was left alone on that cross why because of our sins because of our sicknesses because of our pain because of our shame it Cost heaven the precious life of Jesus Christ. The first cost of grace, even though it is free to us, is that it cost heaven Jesus Christ. John, sorry, Romans chapter 5 and verse number 8. Look at Romans 5 and verse number 8. It cost God and heaven so much they lost Jesus. Precious commodity. Jesus had to pay for it because we couldn't pay. And no one could pay because everybody's blood was stained with sin. So look at that. Romans 5, 8. But God commended his love toward us. In that, while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. Somebody say, Christ died for me. And because of that, I qualify. So even though it is free, number one, it cost God and it cost heaven the precious life of this treasure of heaven. When you read the book of John 3.16, you can write the scriptures down. He says that, for God so loved the world that he gave, that he gave his only begotten son. So it cost Jesus the very life that he came down on earth with. Number two, what is the second cost of grace? And this cost is to the receiver. Amen. Listen, grace is free, but grace comes with labor. And that brings us to the cost number two. Now, the cost number two is that you will have to follow God. Write it and I'll explain it. Following God is a cost. Following God is denying yourself your leadership. So that God will now lead you. Denying yourself your leadership. So that God will now lead you. Let's go to our anchor scripture or dominion scripture. Luke chapter 14 and verse 25 to 30. Look at what Jesus said. And I'll polish three points from there quickly. Luke 14, 25 to 30. Is somebody following the teaching? 
And there went a great multitude with him. And he turned and he said unto them. 26. If any man come to me. <laughs> and hate not his father. His mother. His wife. Children. Brethren. Sisters. Yea. And his own life. Somebody say his own life. He cannot be my disciple. So receiving this grace. That makes us disciples of the Lord. Comes with the cost of losing your life. In order to pick his life. Now you got to follow him. Instead of leading for him to follow. And brothers and sisters. When you lose your life in order to follow him. Three things will happen. It means that you will have to make him your first and your priority. Is it not a cost? Imagine that your spouse needs you or your child needs you and God needs you. What will you do? How? What will you do? Are you understanding me? I'm teaching very practical. Amen. Your husband needs you. Your wife needs you. Your child needs you. Your job needs you. And God say, I also need you. Eric, what would you do? Oh, but as for God, we can always give to him. So let me give first. But what did, what did Matthew chapter 6 verse 33 say? Seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness. Look at this scripture. Look, look. Okay. But seek ye first the kingdom. Seek first what? So it will cost you. The cost of grace to you, the receiver, is that, brothers and sisters, you have to sacrifice your life. Please give me the scripture in, in Luke again. Please, are we reading the Bible? Let's go there. Luke chapter 14, 25. And the, if any man come to me and hate not his father hey, and mother, and wife. Now, he wasn't talking about literal hatred. He was talking about the fact that at a point, you need to close your eyes in order to give God first. You understand it? And hate not father, and mother, and wife, and children, and brethren, and sisters, yay! And even his own life also. Eating is good. And then the Lord says that we should fast. You are denying yourself food. Sometimes you ask yourself, is there no food in the fridge? I'm not fasting because there is no food. There is food. But I am sacrificing in order to stand in the gap for somebody. And his own life. He cannot be my disciple. So there are many people. And listen, he was talking in response to the working of grace. Do you understand it? The value you place on grace. He said, if he... Now, verse 27. Let's keep reading from 27. And whosoever does not bear his cross. Somebody say bear his cross. So you have to bear your cross. And come after me cannot be my disciple. You got to bear the cross. You know, bearing the cross <laughs> means coming out of your comfort zone. Coming out of your comfort zone for the sake of the kingdom. Brothers and sisters, grace is costly. It is not cheap. It is not cheap. It is free. But when you receive it, you have to labor with grace. 
And one of the laboring is that grace will enable you to sacrifice your life for the sake of him who sacrifices life for you. Hallelujah. Don't worry, you can you may decide not to say amen. I said it before I came because I know it is a hard message. Hallelujah. Praise the name of Jesus. Number two, you must carry your cross daily. It means you must deny yourself daily. Matthew 16, 24. Look at Matthew 16 and verse 24. And he said, 16, 24. Then said Jesus unto his disciples, If any man will come after me, let him deny himself and take up his cross and follow me. And follow me. Amen. Number three. What does it mean that it will cost us our life? Number three. It means it will call us to sacrifice our life. It will cause us to sacrifice our life. And that is what I meant when I said it will cause you to come out of your comfort zone. There are things that you may have to do for the Lord on your normal comfort zone. You will not do it. Brothers and sisters. This thing called grace can cost you your job. Amen. Same here, believing. Amen. Charles, are you here? <laughs> it can cost you your career. And the Lord can call you into full time. Praise the name of Jesus. It can cost you your family. But I got good news for somebody. Look at the book of Luke chapter 18, 25. To 30. I got good news for somebody. It doesn't matter the cost. The reward is beyond the cost. Is it easier for a camel to go through a needle's eye? That, he said, for, this is Jesus speaking. He said, it is easier for a camel to go through a needle's eye than for a rich man. And the word rich man means somebody who is comfortable in his comfort zone. Okay? Rich man doesn't necessarily mean somebody who has plenty money. It means anybody who is comfortable in his comfort zone. And Jesus is saying that it is easier for a camel to go through a needle's eye than for a rich man, somebody who is very comfortable in his comfort zone, to enter into the kingdom of God. Why? Because it is costly. Look at that. And now, they that heard, they said, ah, then who can be saved? Then this thing about grace is too difficult. We thought it was free. Then verse number 27, Jesus began explaining it. And he said, the things which are impossible with men are possible with God. So grace makes it possible. Amen. Then the next verse, then Peter said, Lo, master, we have left all. We have left all. And we are following you. What shall be our reward? Then the next verse, verse 29. And he said unto them, Verily I say unto you, there is no man that has left house. That the grace, the value of grace has cost him parents or brethren or wife or children for the kingdom of God's sake. Now hold on. Do you know that there are many things that have cost people these things which were not the kingdom of God? Yeah. Do you know that? There are some people, their career have caused them their marriages. Their career has caused them their education. Their career has even caused them their life. Many people have died whilst they were on the job. Amen. Many, many times. Hallelujah. People go to work and sometimes something happens. The only thing that they do is that they compensate the family. Okay. Now, they lost their lives. 
for the sake of something. Listen, everybody will lose their life for the sake of something. Prefer to lose your life for the sake of the kingdom. That is what Jesus was saying here. He said, and he said unto them, Verily I say unto you, there is no man that has left house, that has left parents, or brethren, or wife, or children, for the kingdom of God's sake. Verse 30. Who shall not receive manifold more in this present time and in the world to come? Life everlasting. So the reward system at the Bema judgment, brothers and sisters, he said that if you lost it whilst here, for the sake of the kingdom, on that day you'll be shining. That is why he said, count it all joy. If you go through all manner of persecutions and troubles for the sake of the kingdom. The moment you see that you are going through persecutions, trouble and everything for the sake of the kingdom. He said consider it all joy. Because at that material moment, the value of grace is being magnified in your life. May the Lord give us magnifying ability of the grace that he has placed upon us in Jesus name. It will cost you your life coming out of your comfort zone. Now, the third thing, so the first one, I said, it cost God and heaven the very life of Jesus Christ. Now, the second one, I said, it cost you and I, the recipients, it cost us our very life. And I've explained that in costing us our very life, it will make us make God first and our priority. Many times we will not want to do that. Also, it will make us carry our cross daily. It means we would deny ourselves. And then also it will cause us to sacrifice our life coming out of our comfort zone. Now number three, the third point is that what is the cost of grace? The third cost is that it condemns sin and brings reproof. It is very, very important. You see, by the Adamic nature and by the fall of man, Man will naturally want to live in sin. Please take note. By the Adamic nature and by the fall of man. That is why sinning to the unbeliever or to the sinner is easy. Sometimes they do things and then you that are now purchased by the blood. You go like, ah, why are they doing that? Don't they feel anything? But they, 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 they are okay and they can justify it. Because naturally... To the natural unsaved being. I mean, a sinner is supposed to sin. That is why he's called a sinner. Anytime or anyone that is not connected to the grace that saves, what you are supposed to do is to sin. So naturally, the unsaved person desires to live in sin. So when grace comes, now what grace does is that grace brings you out of sin. So Jesus says something in the book of John chapter 16. Look at John chapter 16 and verse number 8. Talking about what the spirit of grace was going to do. And he said, and when he is come, he will reprove the world of sin. This is why as a believer, when you do something that you are not supposed to do, your heart strikes you. You go like, ah, nobody has said anything to you. But you yourself, you are there and then you feel like, no, 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 I shouldn't have done this. Sometimes you've not done anything, but you realize that your walk with the Lord is gradually draining. And then you go like, no, 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 something is not right with me. I need, I need, to, I need to come up. I need to get closer. I need to eat more of the Lord. I need to feast more of the Lord. What is happening? The spirit of grace, 
the spirit of grace is reproving your heart. You see that? He's reproving your heart. And you see, if you are a believer and you come to the place of when you, when, when you do something, nothing pricks your heart, you have to start crying. Yeah. It's like something happens, maybe you make a mistake and you don't care. It's like there is nothing inside of you that is telling you that what you did is wrong. You know, it's like there is no reproof because what the Holy Spirit, which is the spirit of grace, must do is that when he is come, he will reprove the world of sin and of righteousness. So whilst he's reproving the world of sin, he's reproving you of your right standing with God. So you come to the place. Sometimes something happens and then you don't feel anything. Maybe you used to be very prayerful. Now you are not praying, but you don't feel anything. You must be very worried. That is when you must be worried. It's not when you don't have money. You must be worried because now, the spirit, the conviction power of the spirit of grace is gradually drying up. Yeah. And you are gradually stepping into something called the state of apostasy. The state of apostasy. Yeah. One of the things that you must be very happy about is when sometimes, even sometimes, you are there. You have not prayed. Or you are there. You... you you, you, we are fasting and then all of a sudden by mistake you put some food in your mouth and then you remember I say oh, 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 oh my goodness what do I do do I spit it out or what do I do what do I do Lord what do I do and now you begin to talk to yourself ah how could I have eaten this how could I you come to the place we are fasting and then you eat you say Charlie let man eat what is food there is trouble hallelujah because the spirit of grace the third cost of grace is that the spirit of grace will reprove the world of sin and will also reprove the believer of righteousness will keep us on our toes praise the name of Jesus grace does not make sinful acts unseen or unnoticed by God this is why your heart strikes you many times when you make mistakes it is called conviction praise the name of Jesus when you lose this, you are in danger. Look at Hebrews chapter 10 and verse number 26 to 31. Hebrews chapter 10 verse 26 to 31. Brothers and sisters, grace is free, but it is costly. I've said this thing for almost five times now because it is very important. He said, for if we sin willfully, amen, after that we have received the knowledge of the truth. There remained no more sacrifice for sins. Verse 27. But a certain fearful looking for the judgment and fiery indignation which shall devour the adversaries. And verse number 28. Because we are reading all the way to verse number 31. He that despised the law of Moses died without mercy under two or three witnesses. How much more sorrow punishment suppose you shall he be thought worthy of who has trodden underfoot the son of God and has counted the blood of the covenant where it he was sanctified an unholy thing. I will explain it. And has done despise unto the spirit of grace. You see? So when we come to the place of it's like um, whether we are reproved or not, we don't mind. We don't care. You know, it's like everything goes. I was talking about lewdness. Everything goes. We step into the place where the reproof of the spirit of grace against sin 
It's no more working in our life. At that point, you have lost your brakes. It's like a car that has lost its brakes or a car that has worn out brakes. Let's quickly read on 29. He said, verse number 30, 30 and 31. For we know him that has said, vengeance belongeth unto me. I will recompense, saith the Lord. And again, the Lord shall judge his people. And finally, it is a fearful thing to fall into the hands of the living God. Praise the name of Jesus. Now, understand that grace has brought us forgiveness. So we must continue in that. What must we do in order for the value of grace to be meaningful to us? Write these short points down. Number one, walk worthy of your calling. Ephesians 4.1. Now I'll give you scriptures for all of them. Walk worthy. Worthy. W-O-R-T-H-Y of your calling. What does that mean? It means let your life reflect someone following Christ. Walk worthy. Of your calling. Ephesians 4.1. I therefore the prisoner of the Lord beseech you. That you walk worthy of your calling. Or your vocation. That's why when a believer does something. They say ah. But you are you not a Christian? Have you heard it before? They say but you. I, I thought you were a Christian. But when others do it. They will say that. Because there is a vocation. There is a calling. So you must walk worthy of it. He said, ah, sister, you have really surprised me. I thought you were a Christian. Amen. Number two, what must I do to keep the value or the cost of grace evergreen in my life? Number two, conduct yourself worthy of the gospel. Very important. Conduct yourself worthy of the gospel. What does it mean? It means do the work of the gospel. Philippians chapter 1 verse 27. Please write these points. are very important. This is what will always cause the, the, the value or the price of grace to be so pricey in your eyes. Sometimes what will let that car look valuable is that you always be shining it, polishing it, taking it to the mechanic, making sure that it is always in key and on top shape. The same way. The way we make grace valuable and costly in our lives is that number one, walk worthy of your calling. Number two, conduct yourself worthy of the gospel. That means do the work of the gospel. Philippians 1.27 Only let your conversation be as it becometh the gospel of Christ. That whether I come and see you or else be absent, I may hear of your affairs. That you stand fast in one spirit with one mind, striving together for the faith of the gospel. Let your conversation be as it becometh of the gospel of Christ. It means that wherever you are, let the work of soul winning become paramount in your life. When the work, because brothers and sisters, the value of grace is that we will be saved. So, if you don't do the work of grace, it doesn't become pricey. What is the, the, the value of a car if you keep it in the garage and you are walking? Oh, this car is very beautiful. Very expensive. And then you keep it in the garage. And then every day you are walking. Brother, but I thought you have a car. Yes, it's very expensive, so I don't want to use it. And the car is in the garage and you are walking, trekking every day. We would think that something is wrong with you. If grace is so valuable, work with it. He said, let your conversation become 
worthy of the gospel. Work with it. Save souls. Talk to people. Don't let people pass by. You see, don't let the whole week. We went out on, 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 on Saturday. It was amazing. It was amazing. It was amazing. I asked one young lady. I said, have you heard about Jesus? He said, yeah, yeah. My grandma used to talk to me about Jesus. And then we spoke, we spoke, we spoke. I said, do you want to receive Jesus as your Lord and personal Savior? He said, yes. So we started praying. When we got to the place of saying that, Jesus, I receive you as my Lord and personal Savior. She won't say, I said, sister, say it. Then she was, Doc, as you remember, I said, sister, say it. Hallelujah. Because you got to give your life to Jesus. You see, Bible says, Paul said that some of them snatched them from fire. You, you got to snatch them from fire. It will be so painful on that day that you will know that, Connor, you will know that I was with this lady at the same workplace. And I couldn't tell her about the grace that will let her escape the great white throne judgment. It will be so painful. There are people living with people, they will not be able to talk to them. Do the work. Do the work of the grace. Number three, what must I do to keep it? Labor with the grace. Labor with the grace means that let the strength of the grace help you. Labor with the grace. Everything that you, you come into contact with. And brothers and sisters, this brings me to a very important statement I want to make. Listen, there is something in you called the treasure. Okay, Bible says that we have this treasure in earthen vessel. When you read 2 Corinthians 4, 7. The enemy is interested in that. Please listen very well. He cannot get it except he touches something that is around you. So what grace does is that grace helps you to labor, to keep on pressing. You don't give up. 1 Corinthians chapter 15, verse 9 to 10. Write the scripture. Number four. So number three is labor with the grace in order to keep the grace valuable. It is what you use that you see the value of. What you've never used, you don't see the value. 1 Corinthians 15, 9 to 10. Number four, continue in grace. Continue in grace. The same liberty that you have received, continue in it. Don't be taken back. Continue in grace. You got to continue in grace. Hallelujah. Number five, what must I do to keep the grace active? And valuable. Grow in grace. Now, continue in grace is in Act 13 and verse number 43. In Act 13, 43. Please write it. You can do all the research back home and then read through. Continue in grace. That means push. Keep pushing. Keep pushing in grace. Number five. Number five. Grow in grace. Grow. What does it mean to grow in grace? It means there are certain things you, by this time of your work with the Lord, you shouldn't be in them. You must grow beyond it. You must overcome them. So it means that let grace help you to overcome. To grow in grace means let grace help you to overcome certain things. Second Peter 3 verse 18. Look at Second Peter 3 verse number 18. Grow in grace, but grow in grace. And in the knowledge of our Lord and our Savior Jesus Christ to be glo to, to him be glory. So grow in it. It means let grace help you to overcome certain things. You used to be very angry quickly. Hey, now you are born again three, four, five years. Still, you are angry just like that. No, 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 no. You are not growing. You are becoming an issue of concern for grace. 
You are not valuing grace. Certain things must no more be evident in our life. Grace must help you to overcome them. Number five. Sorry, number six. Abound in grace. This is beautiful. To abound in grace. Second Corinthians chapter eight and verse number seven. Second Corinthians eight seven. To abound in grace means overflow and distribute grace. Yeah. Abound in grace. It means overflow and distribute grace. What does that mean? It means wherever you find yourself, understand that you are a carrier of grace. You are a carrier of the salvation power of the Lord. Distribute it. Hey, do you know Jesus? Hey, do you understand what it means to be born again? Hey, have you encountered the Holy Spirit? Hey, have you done that? Have you done that? Be a distributor of grace. Therefore, as ye abound. Do you see that? In everything, in faith, utterance, knowledge, in diligence, and in your love. Look at that. And in your love to us, see that you abound in this grace also. So we must abound. We must distribute. We must become distributors of grace. We must become people who share Jesus because Jesus is the fullness of grace. So to abound in grace means that we distribute Jesus. And then finally, be strong. Be strong in grace. Second Timothy chapter 2 verse 1. Be strong. Be strong. Listen, brothers and sisters, the enemy will want to check you and I out. Second Timothy 2 1. There, thou therefore, my son, be strong in the grace that is in Christ Jesus. To be strong in grace means that no matter what happens, you are as resilient as anything. The trouble may come. Have you forgotten what Jesus said? He said, I will equate you if you hear my word and you follow it to a man that built his house on the rock. And now listen very well. He said, even though he built his house on the rock, he said the rain came, the storm came, the turbulence came. They will all come. Somebody said they will all come. On Sunday, I told you that Paul, who had so much revelation, he was one of the people that received many, many persecutions. But what did he do? He said, I was strong in grace. I did not allow what was happening to me to check me out of the grace of God. Don't allow what is happening around you to check you out of grace because a little time and he that must come will come. A little time and he that must show up will show up. A little time and your help will come. Somebody say be strong in, in, in grace. Be strong. Thou therefore my son be strong in the grace. Don't be shaken. Don't let your foundation be shaken. Everything will come and go. There is a statement I always read in the Bible. He said, and in the process of time, it came to pass. Don't forget it. So where you are, whatever you are faced, it is a matter of in the process of time and it will come to pass. Amen. That is why he said, yea, though you walk through the fire, but... He said, yet though you walk through the fire, it shall not burn you. How can you pass through the fire and it will not burn you? Say, be strong in, the, in, in grace. Can you close your eyes with me? Hallelujah. I am done preaching. And I want us to pray. And we want to pray just one prayer. Lord, help me. 
that the value and the cost of grace will always be fresh to me. It will always be fresh to me. We got to walk worthy of our calling. Letting our life reflect people that have encountered Jesus. Conducting ourselves worthy of the gospel. That is doing the work of the gospel. Everywhere you are, let your work become the work of the gospel. At your workplace, in the house, in the kitchen, in the bathroom, wherever. On Facebook, on YouTube, on Instagram. Use it, use it, use it. Propagate the gospel. Share about the coming of Jesus. The love of Jesus. Do the work. Three, labor with the grace. Labor with it. Let it help you to stop when you must stop. Let it become the, the breaks of your life. Let it sponsor the things you couldn't do. Continue in grace. Continue in grace. Grow in grace. By this time, certain things must be behind. Abound in grace. Distribute it. Paul said, you are all partakers of my grace. Because Paul distributed the grace. He said, so you are all a product. Partakers of my grace. Lift up your voice and pray. Lord, help me to remain and to maintain the freshness and the value of your grace. Be strong in grace. No matter what comes my way, it will not check me out. No matter what comes your way, the world may fall, but it must not check you out of grace. Because grace will bring restoration. If only you stand, it will cost. It costs heaven. It will cost the believer. It costs to the world. Lift up your voice and pray. And pray so that when we come before the beamer throne, judgment, we shall receive the rewards of grace. We give you praise. In the mighty name of Jesus Christ. Ladies and gentlemen, I want you to lay your hand on your heart. And we want to pray this prayer together. We want to say, Father, in the name of Jesus, let your grace work effectively in my life. Can you pray that prayer? And let me labor more with your grace. Say with me, dear Lord Jesus, from today, I present my heart unto you. Let me labor with your grace and let it remain fresh and valuable in my life. More than my very life. Thank you for hearing me. In Jesus' name. Amen. Somebody give a clap unto the Lord. Hallelujah. Amen. The value and the cost of grace. Very powerful. Hallelujah. Now please, ladies and gentlemen, remember that by, the, by next week, Wednesday, Thursday and Friday, we will have our three nights of vengeance. Something must turn around. Something must give way. Anything that is an obstacle, we will subject it to these three nights of vengeance. Something is going to happen. Hallelujah. And so next week, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, we are adding fasting to it so that we will be able to avail ourselves for whatever got to go to go and whatever got to come to also come. Amen. I'm so much looking forward to it and I know that you are also looking forward to it. Amen. Now I want you to keep praying, especially for anybody that is sick or anybody that needs healing or recovery or a visitation of the Lord. 
and it shall be delivered. Amen. All right. We want to quickly do two things. In case you are here, you are not born again. Would you please, as we all close our eyes, would you please lift up your right hand? Being born again, I explained, is receiving the gift of the fullness of grace, which compensates for our sins, which pays for our sins. It is a gift, but you got to receive it before it will be yours. You are not born again. You want to have a relationship with Jesus online and in-house. I want you to lift up your hand and then say this prayer with me. Say, dear Lord Jesus, thank you for your word. I, I receive with my heart the gift of the fullness of grace. And I believe that my sins are paid. Therefore, with my mouth, I confess that Jesus is Lord over my life. Amen. Father, we thank you. Everyone that prayed this prayer, we decree and declare is born again. The gift of fullness of grace is working effectively and has cleansed the past and empowered us for today and for tomorrow in Jesus' mighty name. Amen. All right. Quickly, we want to lift up an offering in case you brought an offering unto the Lord or brought your tithe. You are online. You are in-house. We always appear and we always give the opportunity for people to sow in the ministry and in the things of God. And so they'll put a giving portal on the line. If you are online or in-house, I want you to look at it and then sow any seed that the Lord has laid on your heart or any giving that the Lord has laid on your heart. If you are doing by tightly, just text the word GIVE to 833-859-4117. Whatever and wherever you are, just text that word and then it will give you the promptings. And you can also do by PayPal, looking us out at holyhilltn at gmail.com. And then, of course, if you want to do by Zelle or by Cash Up, you do 720-645-6629. Please lift it up. Father, we thank you for the opportunity to give. Please receive our giving. We declare it is blessed. And we declare that for the advancement of your kingdom, it is received. Let the heavens remain open over us and let this seed generate a bumper harvest. Some 34, 64, and 100 fold. In Jesus' blessed and mighty name. Please drop it in with joy and with gladness. For Bible says that the Lord loves a cheerful giver. And then we will be taking our communion. What is the communion? The body and the blood of Christ. It is one of the things that helps us. And qualifies us and empowers us to live the life loaded with grace. Jesus was full of grace. We partake in the body and the blood. It was bread. Please lift up your bread. When Jesus blessed it and he broke it, he said, it is my body. And then he blessed the cup. He said, it is my blood. Father, we receive the body as the, we receive the bread as the express body of Christ with thanksgiving. Now I want you to break it. Receive it as the body of Christ. Receive the cup as the blood. And as we drink it, O Lord, empower us and cause the effectiveness of grace to always be realized in our lives. In Jesus' name, let's eat together. He 
It's today your first time worshiping with us. I want to give you a very special welcome as we close. It's today your first time. It's today your first time. Wow. <laughs> okay. Sir, can I shake hands with you? Wow. Let's appreciate him. Wow. Very powerful, powerful. Wow. Hallelujah. Glory be to Jesus. Sir, what's your name? invited by Sister Patience. God bless you. Hallelujah. Let's pray for Brother Nanakwami Abuaji. Father, thank you for the life of your manservant. We pray that your blessings overwhelm and overshadows him. As he lives here, Lord, give him a testimony. In Jesus' blessed and mighty name. Amen. Please, after service, I'll see you in the conference room. Okay, just briefly. God bless you. Shall we be on our feet? God bless you. Thank you, each and every one of you. Remember, tomorrow we will be on the prayer line at 3 a.m. Classville Church will also be meeting. The prayer line will be active 12 p.m. and then 7 p.m. tomorrow, Thursday. Amen. The Lord bless and keep you. Say amen. The Lord empower and strengthen us with more grace. Say amen. The Lord cause us to walk worthy of the grace. Say amen. To do more with the grace. Amen. To labor more with the grace. To grow more in grace. To continue in grace. And to to and and to to be established in grace. Say me a believing amen. We are leaving this place with the confidence and the assurance that in Christ Jesus, we are more than conquerors. Let's share the grace of God together. The grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, the love of God, the fellowship of the Holy Spirit be with us now and forevermore. Surely, goodness and mercy shall follow us all the days of our lives. We shall dwell in the house of the Lord forever and ever. Amen. God bless you. Let's take our prophetic declaration with long life, full of prosperity and sound health shall you satisfy me and my household all the days of our lives. Amen.